Hi, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the April 30th edition of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at number 972 of the Catechism. 3. Mary, eschatological icon of the Church. 972. After speaking of the Church, her origin, mission and destiny, we can find no better way to conclude than by looking at Mary. In her we contemplate what the Church already is in her mystery of her own pilgrimage of faith and what she will be in the homeland at the end of her journey. There, in the glory of the Most Holy and Undivided Trinity, in the communion of all the saints, the Church is awaited by the one she venerates as mother of her Lord and of her own mother. In the meantime, the mother of Jesus, in the glory which she possesses in body and soul in heaven, is the image and beginning of the church, as is to be perfected in the world to come. Likewise, she shines forth on earth until the day of the Lord shall come, a sign of certain hope and comfort to the pilgrim people of God. So very well, again, uh, a single number that we're looking at today. And this um, this concept of Mary as an icon of the church, an eschatological icon of the church. So Mary, this is, obviously Mary is in many icons. I mean, there are many icons, there are many pictures of Mary. Uh, some of them, like the Our Lady of uh, Czestokowa, for example, the, the patroness of Poland, uh, is associated with Saint Luke, there are a number of images that claim to have been uh, that they claim have been painted by Saint Luke. Um, and again, it is true that from the very beginning of Christianity, there has been this devotion to Mary. This devotion to Mary has been very strong, and um, uh, uh, and that there have been pictures of Mary. Christianity from the beginning. I know in Protestantism there are no pictures, there are no icons, there are no statues. But depicting Jesus, depicting their Blessed Mother, depicting the saints, have been in Christianity from the very beginning. In the 16th century, the uh, the Protestants rejected it for a small time before that. In the 700s, the Orthodox also rejected icons, which was, um, again, we associate the Orthodox with icons today. But there was this big heresy that went through the East called iconoclasm, where they, where they destroyed the icons. And in the Orthodox world, they, they unfortunately, they, they, they burnt most of their icons. They destroyed many of them. And um, again, which was a tragedy. It was a heresy, actually. That, uh, again, they saw, fortunately, they saw the error of their ways in the Second Council of Nicaea in 787. But anyway, so, but here, we're not talking about Mary as an icon in this sense. We're not talking about the picture. But the icon... An icon, the word icon, which also applies to the pictures, to the depictions, to the paintings, is an image that represents the truth. So it's not that we worship the image. So again, it's not that a particular picture of Jesus is Jesus himself. It's not. It's not. And if an icon is destroyed, it will be a tragedy, but it's not the end of the world. So Mary, it's not the sense of her being a picture in this sense. Although, again, there's, it's a very long, it's basically from the very beginning of the church, there have been pictures of Our Lady. 
but it's to say that when we contemplate Mary, we're looking at where the church is going. That the church, in a sense, what, what happened extraordinarily to Mary through the Immaculate Conception, through the, um, uh, through the, the Assumption, is God's plan for everybody. But okay, you can say, I wasn't immaculately conceived. I've seen people die and they weren't assumed into heaven. That's true. This only happened to Mary. But what God did for her unusually, in a sense, in, um, uh, she, got like, um, she got her hands on an advanced copy, basically, that he will do for us in the resurrection at the end of time. Each one of us is invited to, uh, to be like Mary, to have this communion of the saints, to be close to her. Because what God did for her as the first one, he wants to do for each one of us. Each one of us to have this relationship with God. Each one of us to be brought to heaven. Each one of us to have this special relationship with God. God wants this for each one of us. And so if we look at Mary, we see an icon, an image of where the church is going. At the end of time, again, we don't have to be afraid of the end of time, but at the end of time, when Christ comes to judge the living and the dead, that each of us it will be invited, if we want, if we've lived a good life, if we've allowed the grace of God to work in us, we'll be invited to have the same type of relationship with God as the Virgin Mary has. And so this is what we're invited to at the end of time. This is why Mary can be this eschatological, as in the end of time, the last things, this eschatological icon of the church. So now I'm just going to read the, uh, the, the few numbers of the in brief section. In brief, 973. By pronouncing her fiat at the Annunciation and giving her consent to the Incarnation, Mary was already collaborating with the whole work her son was to accomplish. She is mother wherever he is saviour and head of the mystical body. 974. The most blessed Virgin Mary, when the course of her earthly life was completed, was taken up body and soul into the glory of heaven, where she already shares in the glory of her son's resurrection, anticipating the resurrection of all members of his body. 975. We believe that the Holy Mother of God, the new Eve, Mother of the Church, continues in heaven to exercise her maternal role on behalf of the members of Christ. So very well, that's the section for today. And tomorrow we'll continue looking at the forgiveness of sins, a beautiful section again. And we'll be looking at numbers 976 to 983. God bless.